Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of uh, Pre-Match. Muti! Muti! There we go, Nick's been what absent. What does this shirt say there? Under That's for Nick. I believe it. It says undefeated. I don't know. I couldn't get it, but there. Undefeated. Finding their voices. Underrated. <laughs> Gentlemen, uh, thank you for joining us this evening. It's an absolute pleasure to have you back in the house. For everyone joining us for the first time, we're going to say welcome. Tonight's show is going to be all about the transfer window and what went down this January. Obviously, we're going to rate it. We're going to give, um, go through the best signing of the season, the most underrated signing of the season, deals we don't think are going to work out. And of course, which club had the best transfer window? And I know on paper, we're all going to say Chelsea because that's the most money they've spent. Hypothetically, yeah. however... People have their opinions, and we're going to hear them out. Nick, but before we kick that off, first, we've got, first, some, we've got first, something important. First, yes. But first. Yes. Take us away. Yeah. The Caliban Cup final. Newcastle have made it all the way to the final. Are you going overseas? That is the question. <laughs> yeah, I am absolutely ecstatic. Um, so at least there will be some representation, uh, especially uh, just looking at tonight's show in the final. Um, I think Cello might not be on the show because he might be afraid to 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 speak about this one. But now nah, I'm I'm super stoked. You know, I just think I think just looking at you know what I've been through as a fan. You know, I started supporting the team as as long as I remember, and we used to get to cup finals, and and that was sort of taken away when I was still a, a young a young boy. So I think it's just so exciting from my side. You know, just to see us take cup seriously. Uh, to be able to challenge in the way that we that we are at the moment, and the team's looking really good, you know. And I, I don't think we should have any fear going into this into this game. We're the third best team in England at the moment, so you know why not? You know, I mean, I think Wonga, from my side, I don't know how you feel as an Arsenal fan um, because obviously you're not competing in this and you're out of the FA Cup. You know, what do you think would be a better season? Or who would have had a better season if Arsenal failed to win the uh, the Premier League, and Newcastle win the Carabao Cup and finish in the top four? Because I didn't think that Newcastle would win a trophy mm. before us. I'm sure you didn't either. The way this season started. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, well, look, am I wrong when I said when did Ahao come in? It was end of last season. So he came in at it's it's about. 12 months, 11 months, uh, sorry, 13 months from now, like November, end of November, uh, 2021. Yes, and you had a good run as soon as you got in there. Um, yes, yes, now I remember. And mm. and to be honest with you, I was, I mean, look, they're doing very well. I wasn't expecting this, but I, I did expect them to, I mean, obviously relegation was not even going to be a, a sight for them, to be honest with you. That's what I did think. Yeah. But uh, were they punching now, like top four? Nah, I didn't expect that. And again, if they end up winning the, let's say they win the um, the, the Carabao Cup, which I think they will, uh, and still uh, still maintain, let's say top five, and Arsenal don't win the league, I I would I would say that I would say that they had a better season. To be honest with you, I mean they've come with the cup and yeah, they've. I think also. And, but, hundred percent. I think also if you, you had to look look at where we came from, you know, I think it's yeah it's also yeah. it's also quite it's poignant and saying like obviously with regards to what our how what what Eddie Howe has done. Um and mm-hmm. I think it's very similar to like a, a, a an Arteta. I think our time has just come a lot quicker than Arteta. His process has taken a bit of time to to be laid down within the in the Arsenal setup. So I think yes. looking at it, it's two young managers, you know. Mm-hmm putting a process down, sticking to their principles. And, and, it, and it's so, I think, refreshing to see. But I think the biggest question here for me, and I don't know what you guys think, is mm-hmm. I would have loved to have played Forest in the final for obvious reasons um, because Man United <laughs> are looking unstoppable at the moment. Um, 
and I think we credit has to go to Ten Hag and, and what he's done. Um, you know, obviously we saw Ericsson go off with that nasty challenge from from the Geordie lad Andy Carroll. Um, and it looks like they swiftly replaced him. So, so I'm not too sure what you guys think of their chances. And and also, if you look at Eric Ten Hag, he's going to want to win a trophy as quickly as possible. Something the last yeah. couple of managers haven't done um, as quickly as he potentially might. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, from right, my right, side, when I'm looking at it, sorry, Wonga Denga, I'm just thinking from a Man United perspective, it is... It's going to be an interesting one. I think from your your side, I think you're just speaking like a Newcastle fan who doesn't want to get too excited, Nick. That's that's what I think, Wonga. I don't know what what are your thoughts are. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I think he's. I think Nick, Nick is also trying to manage his expectations. Uh, but I thought yeah, I'd go all out, my man. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, to be flying that high. I mean, look, me, I'm 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 doing the same. I'm Arsenal's top of the league, and yeah, I'd rather be disappointed with us not picking it up than. Be not uh, uh, being happy the whole way through, uh, just anticipating nah, that man. moment. Uh, I, I, that's what I would be doing if I were you, my man. Yo, <laughs> but yeah, I think I, with it, it's you a, know what I'm... go, you go, go. Sorry, go for it. Now I'm saying with in terms of uh, Ten Hag as well. Like I think I mean, look, I think he's coming here. He's done. Uh, he's he, you can say he's studied that ship. Um, had a big problem there with, uh, and he had a big uh, situation there with Ronaldo. There's definitely tension there, especially, I mean, if it took uh, Ronaldo all the way to uh, Piers Morgan. And um, I don't think there was any other way the man could have handled that situation. Um, and he's handled it. He's got his team going. He's got, probably has what he wants now. Uh, probably, I mean, what he can get now, I think he has it. And yeah, I think even if they don't, um, well, I think they would want to finish top four. I think that for them, that is it. Um, if they win the Carabao Cup, I think there'll be a chair on top for them, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know what you think, Claudio. I mean, I'm looking at Man United's situation. They've, they've been, they've had a really slow start and they've they've really kicked on now. Um, and like I'd mentioned last week, you know, they've got a very, very busy February period now when Newcastle only have, I think, three home games, uh, or sorry, three league games before the final. So, you know, I'm thinking now, would they sacrifice, you know, one of those trophies um, being the Carabao Cup or the Europa League because they got a big tie against Barcelona? Or are they going to, you know, stick to their guns and go full force for every game? Will they be fresh for that? That's the big question, especially when they're playing on the Thursday night at home to Barcelona in a do or die game to see who goes through, you know, I'm looking at it from a Newcastle perspective. They won't be fresh. So for me, I'm happy. But, you know, you can't, that, that's just sort of pulling at, pulling at strings there to try and try and think of a way in which we can get a, get the advantage, advantage on them. Yeah, it is, it is a tricky one to consider from a Man United perspective. But like you said, man, uh, Nick, I think the, the incentive for Ten Hag is to get a trophy on his belt, to bring back the good vibes at Old Trafford and to get people believing him. They're already believing in him. Um, I think it's a similar situation to which Eddie Howe's facing. I do think, though, man, uh, Newcastle are going to have the edge right at the end just because the fans are going to want it more and the players are going to feel that. And it's going to be a massive, massive achievement for Eddie Howe to win a trophy. Um, not saying that it wouldn't yeah. be the same sort of achievement for Ten Hag. Ten Hag, you would say, is a bit more of a favorite in terms of handling the situation. But I think the occasions yeah. is going to be too big for, for in Newcastle's favor. That's where I'm at. Um, overall, but yeah. before we move on, Nick, what, what is your final prediction there? We've also got Jason in the house saying, I hope Man United pump them in the final. And then saying, Taj, can you please find a decent midfielder in that change room? Yes, that's a fair <laughs> assessment there from Nick. <laughs> but before well, we move well, on to the next part of the show. What's quite ironic. What, yeah. What's quite What's quite ironic, though, is Jason Jason is a Liverpool fan and he's wanted Man United to win. So I don't know what type of Liverpool fan you are, Jason. But if you yeah, want my I'm prediction, sure I, I think we're going to win When I read that, I was like, am I reading this right? Because that's the last thing yeah, I want. No. I can tell you that much. No, 100%. I think it's just because I give him shit about where Newcastle is at the moment in the league and where Liverpool are. So, um, But swiftly moving on to my prediction, I think we will win the game. I think we'll win the game by the... By one goal, I don't think we'll concede because we don't generally concede. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll win the game 1-0. 
that's all. Boring final, but it will be a great day. A boring final, but it's going to be a massive celebration in the hearts of the Toon Army. Now, gentlemen, it's time for the show where we talk about the important part. The transfer window closed a couple of days ago. And, I mean, a lot of money was spent. Some players, some teams spent more than others. Some didn't sign at all. Um, we're not going to talk about Everton. Obviously, they struggled. But the first thing we're going to kick off of the show is going to be the best signing of the window. And I'm just going to share our sort of thoughts. Obviously, the team over here, we haven't seen each other's answers. So if you're in the comments, feel free to drop your opinions as to who you think is the best signing of the season before we just share the actual screen here. Nick, I know a lot of money, a lot of money is spent. Newcastle didn't spend any of that money in terms of what they could have spent in comparison to Chelsea. Were you disappointed by that before we kick this on? I think I was, especially um, especially because I think we're quite thin, especially in the midfield. Uh, but for, for me... I can't question what Newcastle is doing at the moment because everything they've done um, has surpassed my expectations. So Eddie Howe has a plan and, um, you know, I'll trust in that. And I think they're also just taking a firm stance, unlike what Chelsea's doing. Um, they're not going to be they're not going to be caught with their pants down. Uh, they're not going to be in bidding wars where, like Arsenal, put in 10 million every Couple of days for Cancedo. Cancedo. Um, I think they're just they're just talking. You know, what is it? It's Cancedo, isn't it? Calcedo. Yeah, Cancedo. How do I say his name? Yeah. No, Cancedo. that's right. You did it right. You did a good um, job. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think from from that perspective, I am I am slightly disappointed because I think we need the legs, especially if we're going to get to the end of the season and stay in this position. But let's trust Eddie Howe and see what he does. Yeah, right. And we're going to talk best signing of the season of January. For me, I think from a Tottenham perspective, this is a massive, massive position that they need to strengthen in when you're considering where Conte, the way he sets his team up and the attacking fullbacks he needs. And it's a position that they've been needing for at least two seasons, in my opinion. Um, we've got Pedro Poros, for those of you who don't know, is coming at a decent price from Sporting. He's a, in that Sporting dressing room, he was one of the leaders. He's still a young player. Um, an attacking fullback with great technical ability. He's actually a player I would have considered for Man City, considering Cancelo leaving. And he somehow made his way into contest changing room. And for me, that's a massive, massive plus. And I don't know what you gentlemen think about this, the signing. Wasn't the signing like no. on and off? It was, uh, yeah, like apparently the deal was done and then they moved the goalposts or something like that. Um, but is it not an initial loan, if I'm not mistaken, or is that the other Spurs player? Did, did, no, it's did a loan with an option to sign. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a loan with an option to did, sign. And did he but play in the he, World Cup? Did he play in the World Cup? No, he didn't play in the World Cup. He played for Sporting. Yeah, so, and uh, like I said, so, he's, he's done very well for Sporting. He did have a thing no, with so uh, I think, I think Felix's just, just, uh, girlfriend at a stage, allegedly. Oh, Who hasn't? Well, if he's if he's like your first time in Europe, but anyway, it's absurd. I think just generally, if you guys look at the the Portuguese market, you can't really go wrong. So, I mean, the players that are coming yeah. out of that league, every transfer window, nine times out of ten, the players are going to do something. So, you know, mm -hmm. I think from what I understand, that was Conte's man. That's who he wanted. Um, so he'll be delighted with that. And. I think Spurs need they need a bit more depth. They need a bit more sort of creativity. They need they need a little bit more if they're going to try a challenge for the top four. And then also they've got a they've got a Champions League date with AC Milan. So I think that experience of him playing, I think Sporting were in the Champions League, or I think they might have got knocked out, or did they get through? Yeah, I'm not too they sure. They were leading their group course. right up till the end, and uh, they just yeah. managed to lose out. Yes, but yes, so I think I think that experience is also going to be key. Um, and yeah, more than likely a very exciting signing for 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 Spurs. All right, let's move over to the next yeah. one. And the next one is yours, Nick. You said McKinney for Leeds United. Yes. That's going to be a good signing. Oh, yeah, I, I I saw him play in the World Cup, and I thought he was. I thought he had something about him. Um, I like the fact that he was. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the captain of the USA. Um, or was that Tyler Adams? I think it was McKinney. Um, and he just, I think he spoke well. I think when he was on the field, he looked like a leader. Broke up play very well. Um, distribution very good. And obviously, there must be a connection with um, with um, Jesse Marsh at, at Leeds. So, looks like he's signing a couple of Americans, guys he trusts. And 
I think he might be that little missing link that 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 Calvin Phillips probably left when he when he departed the club. So yeah, I think he's going to be a good signing for them and and probably help them steer clear of of any any trouble when the relegation fight really really starts. Yeah, definitely going to bring a lot of energy to that midfield. Decent touch. He also comes with decent experience. Something that people don't talk a lot about, largely because he's an American player. Um, when we are looking at the fact that, you know, he has been at Juventus. He has been around with the likes of Ronaldo. I know that's not saying much when you consider the whole of last. The Manchester uh, squad has been around Ronaldo recently. But yeah. the likes is, you know, when, when, you're, when your, your ego is there, when you can get up to a confidence level, then that's saying something. And I think going to a team like Elite City, where it's almost like you can become the big player of a smaller club and you've got a manager who's going to believe in you. You've got one or two other American players surrounded by you. The club is owned by Americans. So there's a lot of things that are going in this sort of direction that's going to work in his favor. It's going to be interesting to see, rather yeah. than being, say, a squad player, to, can he do it being the main man and being in the focal point for the squad? That's the question I have there, Wonga. I don't know. Do you think he yeah. can do it? Yeah, look, I mean, the way he... Kids are playing. I mean, they're going to be relying more on everyone, to be honest with you, rather than um, the efforts of one player. I think, yeah, he will. I think he will add a bit more quality what, to what they're doing. Um, <laughs> but uh, to steer them away, I don't. I, that's what I'm also. I, I, I'm not too sure what's happening. But they, I think, Leeds will still. Uh, obviously, obviously, yeah, he will definitely add to what they're doing. But I don't know if they're going to stop conceding goals. Yeah, we're not sure about that. But, I mean, to your point there, Nick, yeah. you mentioned being the captain of the U.S. I mean, Tyler Adams, who does play with him now at Leeds, he's the official captain of the U.S. So that's going to be interesting to see how that yes. plays out. Jason's saying Jorginho. Or are we going to say Jorginho? Let's wait and see, Jason. Let's wait and see who the next one is. Wonga Denga's best signing of the season is Mudrik for Chelsea there. Wonga, elaborate. Why? Is this because you were hoping so he was wearing an Arsenal shirt? No, 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 no. no. I think, um, look, I've seen a couple of, uh, I just watched, I mean, the time the Arsenal going over him, uh, going for him, I looked at a couple of things, the way the guy played. And even the first game he came on uh, for Chelsea, I don't know, I can't remember who they played now. Um, but that was just off the signing. And, yeah, look, man, I don't know. But I think, he, to me, he seemed very, very dangerous. Uh, very dangerous player going forward. Um, I just think, at the end of the day, he signed for the wrong team. I don't, I don't even know if Chelsea know what's happening there. I mean, the guy Games that yeah they've got a plan, but I mean it just looks like Chelsea are signing whatever, whatever they can. You know, um, it doesn't make, it doesn't look like it makes any sense to be honest with you the way they're signing players. I mean, my opinion, but um, yeah, I think why, I think he's, he's, he's a high quality player. Yeah, no, for me, I mean, team. I mean, no, yeah. So when I when I thought about it, like how would I say it? But I think in terms of best signing for me, I think I just I was just thinking about the quality of player. I was also. I also, in my head, I was thinking about uh, Dan Juma as well, uh, him going to Tottenham, and the player like Trossard going to Arsenal. Um, but I think, yeah, I think he... Uh, and also, what's his name? Anthony Gordon to, um, to Newcastle. I was just looking at the quality of the player when you talk about this signing. All right. So when we're looking at this, Jens, yeah. if we're only looking at the quality of the player, but what about the impact this player should be having on the team? And is it something the team necessarily needed? So when we're looking at a Chelsea, we know that they're not getting many goals up front. Is he going to be the guy that brings in the goals when he plays? Or what's, what's going to be the difference that he brings to the squad that is going to make him the best signing? I, th I think that's, that for me, if they're playing him and if he gets his game time, I think he will be dangerous. I think he will cause problems with the handling and I think they they could get uh, opportunities to score where they put them behind. Um, it doesn't look like as much of a goal scorer. Yes, he scores goals, but um, I think uh, definitely going to create opportunities. Um, very nimble with the ball and very, very quick. I, I, Nick, I, I think in he there? can do something. I don't know too much about the player, to be honest with you, so I can't. But, yeah, just with the price tag... Um, and is obviously he needs to live up to the expectations. Um, it's just I just can't quite figure out if Chelsea had a good transfer window or not. Um, but you can only imagine that they've just added more depth to their squad to to challenge on all fronts. So I can only assume it will be a decent signing. I wouldn't say the best signing, just from my opinion. Um, I think so, sort of. You know, I think we need to see a little bit more more of him. 
um, to suggest that he's going to fire Chelsea into the Champions League final or into the top four. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment from your side. Is he the best? We're not sure. But again, you know what's quite interesting about the price tag is so much money has been spent on a lot of different players. Do you not think that maybe this gets forgotten about when you consider the fee they spent on Enzo Fernandes? Yeah, I think it does. I think it because it dwarfs it though slightly because everyone is speaking about how Mudrik got the eight-year contract or eight-and-a-half-year contract. They tried to amortize that just before the loopholes closed by FIFA at the end of the season. So... I think maybe just the price tag specifically for, for Fernandez, um, you know, but it's like anything, you know, he became old news very quickly when Chelsea started to, to, to challenge for their next, um, their next signing. So, true, you know, yeah. it was just a recurring story throughout the, throughout the window, actually. So, yeah, um, big money still. Um, I heard something silly like Chelsea spent more money than all the La Liga teams combined. In this one window, oh, which is Jesus, that's hectic. incredible. Yeah, it is a bit crazy. Literally I mean, they spent a lot more money than most of the leagues put together, not just La Liga. So that's quite yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, but also, the question I've got is, they've spent all this money up front. Do you think he'll go out and spend more money, Todd Bowley? Or do you think this is something now nice, has gone, okay, we've spent this money. We know these restrictions are going to come in from UEFA. Do we make this work with the players? If Graham Potter is the man, we're going to give him time to see if he can do this. Um, and by the way, we put in the comments there if you think he is the right man to lead Todd Bowley's revolution. So if you think so, you can just uh, you know, let us know your thoughts. But you know, that's the question. Can they do it? And will he spend more money if it doesn't work out? I think he's, he's proven that he's quite a trigger-happy type of owner. Um, so he's not, he's not afraid to make a decision. So if I'm the... If I'm the manager and I, I, I listen to Potter's uh, his interview just after Mudrick got signed, and he had he had sort of suggested in a way that this wasn't his signing. Um, oh. he, he like he he was defensive in a way where he said, "Yeah, he's a great player and he, he's going to add value, but we also have to be conscious of the fact that we we are buying players, but we also have players that are injured, and when they come back, where do where is their place?" Um, so it just sounded like he wasn't too sure. So I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if the poor run continues. He just does. He, he, the, the owner just bullets him, because I mean, he, he's he's very quick to just throw money at players. That do you think Todd Bowley knows who Mudrick is? <laughs> There's no chance. Do you think he even knows? He does not. Do you think he, he does not. Fernandez. <laughs> he definitely knows who Weston McKinney is. He definitely knows yeah, that's he for is, sure. But it's actually surprising he didn't go for him, actually. Yeah, right, Jets, so, we're going to move over. We're going to say yeah. the most underrated signing of January, and we're going to kick off with the first one, um, being me coming in here saying most underrated being Cedric from Arsenal on loan to Fulham. Why I say this is largely because this is a massive, massive hole that now is being plugged in for Fulham. They are doing quite well, flying high top of the table, finding themselves in a position they're not really used to. And a right back is something they desperately needed. I know they were following Cedric this whole window, leading up to the window. They finally managed to get the deal across the line. I think there were issues regarding, regarding the wages, but the loan is ideal for them. And he is coming into a squad coached by Portuguese managers or in the, in the, in the form of Marco Silva, as well as the former Fulham captain and actually former Arsenal player, Luis Balmart, who's his assistant. So I think it's going to be a good fit for them. I don't think he's going to be... This isn't a signing that people are going to shout and get loud about. He's going to go in there. He's going to be quietly going about his business. Is he going to score a 90th minute winner and change their, their whole season upside down? No. But what he is going to do is he's going to come in there. He's going to be solid at the back and make them a little bit harder to beat. And as we know, they got Mitrovic a fun. They got goals in them. If they can keep a cleaner sheet they'll do well and finish really strongly in the second half of the season, gentlemen. I don't know what your thoughts are with regards to Cedric. Yes or no? Most underrated. Should he be in this consideration? I think the question also you need to ask yourself with regards to Fulham is Marco Silva's done a great job at the moment. So you, you, can't, really, you can't really question his judgment. Um, and they're flying at the moment. So, you know, if he feels that this, this player is going to add value, you know, Good luck to him. Good luck to them because I, I think they're doing a great job, and I know that you've got you've got a soft spot for for Fulham, um, Claudio. So 
you know, good luck to, to, to them. And I hope they can maintain this charge for, for European football and keep you guys out of it. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. not a happy time if that happens. <laughs> Wanga? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with I mean, the guys, the points you've made. Um, even when Cedric, uh, like again, Clara says, no one's going to be making noise about this signing, and that's true. Um, even Arsenal players, Arsenal supporters, should I say, they, the ones I've heard didn't really rate the guy. Um, I, I liked him. I think I liked the way he played. I think he was a, he was a decent right back. I think he did the job for me. Um, so yeah, I can, I can see where, where that stands um, with what you've said in terms of the most underrated, most underrated. And I think yeah, he, he can you can put him in that category for the fear, mere fact that no one's going to be making definitely no one's going to be making a noise about this one. Right, gentlemen, we're going to move over to the next one, and it is next coming in with uh, you know. We, we've all got oh, our, hey. our biases and our allegiances. And Nick saying okay, John just shall be for Nottingham Forest, saying it's going to be a big true, difference. True, true. Nick, is this just is this just some Newcastle bias, or do you think he's really going to have the impact that he needs to have for Nottingham Forest to stay up this season? I'm just very disappointed you spelt his name wrong, but that's okay. Um, oh, it happens. You know these things. You know when you mistakes. you're doing a lot of different things. The guy in the back there has got other priorities, unfortunately. <laughs> Now, listen, um, I think I told you previously, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly concerned that we haven't um, bought, brought another midfielder in. And, you know, my hope was that we would have kept Shalvi and added another midfielder to have him with us. So I think it was just a bit of a strange move to release him. Um, he's had a very unlucky season. He got injured against uh, Benfica in a, in a, a friendly uh, in August, so he just hasn't been 100% since. But I just think he added so much value to us uh, together with Bruno when we were fighting for, for survival. And I still think there's a play in him. His range of passes, he's a technical player, he's, he, he's, a, he's a good squad player to have. And I think for Forrest, they, he's going to add a lot of value. Um, they've got some exciting players themselves and, and he's a creator. Uh, so he won't be but afraid of. Do you think he'll stay a... fit for them? I think he will. That's the question. He w- Listen, he played. He played. He's been with us for seven years. He's he was hardly injured. Um, he just got a he got a bad, uh, bad, bad ankle injury, if I'm not mistaken, um, in 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 that friendly against Benfica, and he's obviously just taken a, a bit longer than expected to to recover. So I think if he was apparently only two weeks away from returning, so he's nearly ready. And I think he will. I think he'll add value to a to a Forest team that showed a lot of resilience last night against Man United. I thought they were arguably probably the better team for some sections of that game, but obviously the quality of Man United was a bit too much. And maybe him in that midfield is the answer. So I think he's an underrated signing. Remember, he was playing for a top three club, guys. So uh, uh, you know, he was on our books. <laughs> You know, let him go down there to the bottom oh, half. And obviously add- I can see why I can see why Jason is saying anyone but Newcastle to win something. Can you imagine you winning the League Cup? It's gonna be <laughs> like you've won the World Cup there, Nick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Champions yeah. League. Wonga, what are your let thoughts here, man? Feel free to jump in here. Do you think this me- is absolute madness or do you think he's the most underrated? Considering all the signings that happened this January, is this the most underrated one? No, yeah, I definitely, yeah, I think it definitely can, it can definitely stand there. Um, I never thought of it. Now that now Nick's brought it up, um, it does make sense. Definitely a solid player. And like you said, I mean, that, um, that long stretch of games that they had last year, also pivotal in that, I mean, those, um, wins there. And yeah, the only unfortunate thing, I don't even know, is he even fit to play now? I don't know. Um, because he looks like he's been injured for quite a while. He only came back for a couple of matches and then he's been out in since the um, since Christmas he's been out. Um, and even against, he was there with Man he was in the Man United. Obviously, he was, he was already signed by the time Man United played. They played by the time Nottingham played Man United, but um, he was not in the squad. So, I don't know what his injury is saying, um, but I do think if he if he's fit to play, I definitely think he's going to add quality quality to a Nottingham who are pushing way above 
where they should be at the moment. So I agree with Nick. I, I, just, I do. I, think I just think, Claudio, you know, if you look if you look at the signings that they've signed over the last since the summer window, you know, they've they've splashed the cash as well. It's been quite crazy mm. from their end. Some of those players have never played in the in the Premier League, so I think this is a, a, a wise move. I would say this is Steve Cooper's signing. I would say this is him saying, let me get a tried and tested holding midfielder who can break up play for me, who can spray the ball for me. He knows what it means to be in a relegation fight. You know, this is a tried and tested player who can, a steady Eddie, who can get us over the line. I think that, and and for me, I think that's a good good approach. And Cooper will know him from his Liverpool days too, when he was coaching the academy and John Joe Shelby was in the background. Yes. So so he will have some sort of relationship, yeah. but it does make him the 29th season for Nottingham Forest this season, which is quite the number of players being signed when you consider the fact but that... Now tell me, what are they doing? What are those teams doing, these, t- these teams? Are they just not... Because you only allowed 25. I know the homegrown players don't count in that 25. But how how some players are just not in the in the twenty five? It, it sounds like it's madness because it's not like there weren't players at at Forest before. No, definitely. So they've either moved them and on, or dropped them, or put them well. in the reserves. Yeah. So they'll they'll find solutions, but they're getting paid regardless yeah. whether or not they're playing. They'll obviously unregister the ones that aren't in the squad and take it from there. And those squad those players will then be speaking to their agents and looking for moves, knowing that they're not going to be part of the plans moving forward. But it is, it is quite a crazy... I mean, when we're talking about scattergun, shotgun sort of approaches, they've really gone for it and they're doing whatever they can to stay up, unlike other teams that are in a complete shambles. I mean, their approach isn't... It is one that is screaming that it's, it's, it's a novice in the sort of in position, just trying to make decisions as they move along. But then you could be on the other end of the spectrum where you're in Everton and everything in the background is complete shambles. Wonga Dinga, you yeah. coming in here and you're having a smack bang... Right at Nick's signing there, we've got Anthony Gordon being most underrated. I mean, this guy, Anthony Gordon, um, I watched him play. My cousin told me about him. I said, okay, go check him out. Um, I absolutely love him. I like the way he plays. Um, and it's very interesting. Like, um, I just read a bit of his interview. Um, when they signed him and he said... Um, he said that people haven't seen what he's capable of yet. And the fact that he's believing that, um, I like that, um, and I hope it's true. And I do think, um, the same way he's also said it, that he thinks he can get the best out of, um, um, he thinks Eddie Howe can get the best out of him, um, and he can excel with him. And I think, um, it just in terms of, let me say, the expectancy, um, maybe that's why I've made it underrated because I, I'm expecting a lot from this guy, um, come Newcastle. I mean, I know most people might think I'm a Newcastle fan now watching the way they play and things I've been saying about them. But he was, um, I, I just look at the way he's playing at Everton, um, his contributions. Um, if, if you, if you, if you, if you look at his stats, I mean, if, if he was doing that in another team, um, they're getting more goals, you know, he's looking more, more effective as a player. And um, that's why I think uh, this one, I don't think people, people will be happy to have him as a young talent oh, and he's good, but I don't think people, um, I don't think uh, people are, are expecting what I'm expecting. And that's why I say he's the most underrated signing of January. I think things are going to happen with this one. And when you say, I think we're going to see a lot from this point. Before, before I pose the question to, to an actual Newcastle fan, when you say things happen, what is, the actual ceiling you see for this guy? He's, he's a good player. He's a very good player. I, I think if, I mean, if, if, he's, if he's setting his mind on, on, on um, I mean, trying to be the best in the team, I think he can definitely uh, do that in terms of contributions to, obviously, the goals. I think definitely he can, he can be that player um, for, for Newcastle up front um, if he's keeping fit. He's a very good player, Claudio, and I rate him highly, highly um, in terms of 
uh, yeah, potential. But I suppose what I'm saying yeah, in terms of potential, but when mm. we're looking at most underrated, there was a big outlay, 45 million pounds for him. He is a young player. His stats really don't suggest he's a 45 million pound player. And if we're taking the words of the Evertonians, of course, naturally are slightly more disgruntled at this moment in time, Lodge, because this is a, mm-hmm. an academy product. He's just jumped ship and gone to Newcastle. But to be fair, who wouldn't at this point in time? But do you think this is a player where, you know, I mean, we look at Eddie Howe and his, his reputation of overspending on younger players and they're not turning out to be massive, massive deals. When we consider the Jordan Ibe from Liverpool to Bournemouth, I understand it's Bournemouth and they weren't exactly flying, but he spent big money on the player. The player didn't come right and now the player's fallen by the wayside. So do you think there's potential for something like this to happen to a player with Eddie Howe? No, I, yeah, I mean, look, it's, I think that potential is there, but uh, those are, I mean, Eddie Howe's, uh, it looks like he's learning from his mistakes that he did in the past. I mean, he's gotten all those new, look at those Newcastle players, and they are, all of them are pushing above their weight. I mean, Almer on the way he's performing is, uh, it's unbelievable. Um, they brought in uh, Chris Wood, who I didn't think he would have done much, but I think he, he still put in a little contribution for the time that he was there. You know, and I think I'm just thinking Eddie Howe, whatever he's doing now, whatever it is, maybe it's him and um, this new feeling that the club has um, with these uh, new owners. I, maybe that everything everything comes together, obviously. But I just think if, if Gordon is put in whatever's happening right now, uh, with whatever's happening um, at Newcastle right now, I think definitely, I think it's the right time for him. In fact, let me say to join a team like Newcastle, I think you're going to get the most out of this point. I truly think so. Considering right, the way Newcastle he played as Everton, will going Derek down. Wong has given, he's given his, he believes in this player. He's saying he's going to do the thing. He says it's worth every penny, 45 million pounds. Nick, do you think this 100%. man is worth it? I would say, I would say it definitely falls into the category of most underrated. Um, simply because he hasn't had a great season this season. He, he really shone last season when he assisted Everton to, to survival. Um, but I think there's clear ability. Um, but I think what Eddie Howe is doing now is really focusing on on bringing in younger talent to build a squad um, around one or two senior players. Um, I was just looking at a stat uh, the other day, or actually today. I think there's seven or eight players, 23 and under, um, that are, are directly contributing to the team. So he obviously falls into that category. Um, we signed another, another kid from... From West Ham, um, Ashby, Harrison Ashby. So I think there's method to the madness. Um, I don't think Gordon is going to be the answer to keep us in the top four immediately. I don't think he's going to start. Yeah. Um, but I do think he will be coached in a way where he can develop um, in a great environment. Um, so I, for, for that purpose, I think it's good. Um, I don't think, I personally don't think, I'll be very surprised. I, I hope I'm wrong. I don't think he's going to set the, the league alight um, with Newcastle. But he might just jump on the train that's already moving quite quickly and um, he might adapt quickly. So uh, Bruno's, Bruno um, is suspended for three games. Fortunately, he's, he's going to be playing the final. So that might see a Joe Linton come into the midfield. And then you've got your options of, say, maximum. You've got Gordon um, and you've got Murphy on the side. So it adds a lot of, bit of, a, a, a lot of depth in those wide areas. Um, but, yeah, I think it's an exciting signing. English, young, young uh, Englishman. And the price is always going to be higher when it's a, a prospect uh, that's, that's from the home nation. So I think $45 million, probably too much for the player. Um, if he was from Germany, he would probably have cost 20 million, if we're honest. <laughs> Maybe 16 million. Look, the kid's got the ingredients. Newcastle seemingly the right so. pot that he can be cooked in. Let's see the dish that they spit out there. Will it be a nice, delicious bowl of spaghetti? Or I don't know. Let's, and let's what I like also, uh, he's got a bit of bite in him. I, I've never liked him as a player. I thought he was a bit of a dickhead. Uh, if I'm honest with <laughs> you, he's just... He, he, he's just like one of those players. Claudia, you would have had them when you played. Like this guy, a winger running at you when you were playing fullback and he thinks he's a star and he's got something to say every time he comes and you just want to put two feet in, in, in on him. He's that type of player. And I like that as well because Newcastle's got that little bit of a, an edge to them at the moment. So he probably fits in. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Now we're going to move over to the deals we don't see working out. So what's up, Arjun? We're glad you are here in the house with us. You're going to like this next one. Deal that won't work. Sabitza going to Man United on loan, my opinion. Why won't it work? Largely because I don't think it's going to have much of, as much of an impact on the squad as what a signing should do in January. He's just there to be an extra number. We know Ericsson's out injured. I mean, he hasn't been getting game time at Bayern Munich. So is he on form? We're not sure about that. Kenton Hag get the best out of him? Probably. Probably will get the best out of him. But like I said, in terms of impact, in terms of time frame that he has with Man United, I just don't think it's going to be what they are needing right now. It is a number, and it will fall the shoes of Ericsson. But as soon as Ericsson's back and fit to go, the man's going to sit on the bench. Nick, do you agree with that? Another Arthur Miller. Yeah. Uh, let's just hope he doesn't get injured within the first week. <laughs> Wonga, well, what do you is think? He, uh, is, 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 he, is he a loan? A loan deal is with a permanent signing. Loan deal. They've signed three loans this yeah. season. Yeah, I in think, January. I mean, in terms of a loan, yeah, it, and, and I would agree with you, it's not going to, yeah, it's not going to be that impactful. And I mean, yeah, you've got to be, and I think it's, I think in, in that sense, I don't think they're also expecting much from it as well. Um, Ericsson's injured, he's going to come back. And I think there's an understanding there that, yeah, Ericsson's better. All right, we're going to move on I to the next yeah, one. So. Deal that won't work. This is a shocker. Jorginho, therefore, going to Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you surely don't agree with this one, eh? But Nick, we're, we're going to hear you explain your thoughts here first, and then we're going to let Bongo weigh in. We've got also nah, Jason just, saying this is the best he, signing of the season. Now you're saying this isn't going to work. That's an interesting he, one. You're going to have a good chat at work tomorrow there, Nick. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't fit. Um, he doesn't fit the game model. It's plain and simple. He's too slow paced. Um, unless, I st- like, pff, I could be proven wrong, but is Arteta going to get someone who just walks around the field to start running? I don't see it happening. He's a quality player. Don't get me wrong. Technically superb. Um, you know, a good ball player. But Arteta's really got his players working hard off the ball. And I personally you don't see it. You know, you look at you look at why Chelsea would get rid of him. Uh, there must be a reason. I think he's an aging player. I think he's okay. He's okay as a squad player, but he's not gonna he's not gonna set your, your season alight. How does he get into your squad now? There's no chance. So I don't think it's gonna be a deal that works. And um, you'll probably have him for another half of a season and probably January this time next year he's probably looking for another move Wonga yeah. let's hear your thoughts here rebuttal yeah, rebuttal I, let's hear this no it's not a rebuttal um, when they signed him I said oh my goodness um, why because they literally asked the question I asked you know and I mean people are putting up stats and they're saying yeah look uh, comparing them to Casado and all that but like Nick said, if you look at the squad, who does he come in for? The the, the same thing as Roger Pops as well. I mean, maybe if he's playing a similar role to what Chaka does, he's not coming and defending. Um, but nonetheless, they're still, they're still pressing hard when they're up there. It's a lot of work to do when you're up there. It's just that um, Shaka's doing it more up front than he is um, at the back. If we get a penalty, at least now I know it's going in. I don't have to even look. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Other than that, yeah, yeah. Look, I don't look. I, I don't think he's going to add any more. I mean, they've obviously you can see they're planning on using him because Lukonga was playing in our in our Europa League matches, and and I, and I then see him um, going to play there as well. Um, if he's going to be playing in our cup match, I definitely see him going in there. If they've now loaded off uh, Lukonga, who's not had a, a, a great time. We'll have to see, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, I, I, I am. I won't lie to you. I am having doubts. Look, Bonga. If I look at, I the, if I look at, if I look at the numbers. Yeah. If I look at the numbers, sorry. If I look at the numbers, they, you know, they, it can make you feel comfortable. But from what I've seen and where Chelsea are right now, Chelsea, he's not even playing. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm having a, I'm having, I, am, I am having a bit of doubts about him. So, look, here's why you shouldn't have doubts, Wonga Dinga. This is what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. and this is my opinion. But when you're looking at it and you're considering the fact that, yes, would he be your signing right now if you weren't challenging for the league? 
Probably not. No, he wouldn't because you'd be looking towards the future. When you consider the amount that they've paid for him, 12 million pounds, what you bring into this change room is you're bringing a winner, a man who's been around an environment with top players, a man who's won things, and he's almost like an addition to the squad, like uh, Zajus and Zinchenko. Obviously, a lot more senior. Is he going to be getting as much game time? I doubt you will be. I think he's going to be keeping mm. the, the team playing as is because you don't want to be disrupting that right now. But what he is going to be is going to be an extra player to call upon in case there's an injury. And that's the difference. And this is why this, this signing isn't a bad one. It's actually a very good one yeah. for Arsenal when you're considering what he's going to add to it. He's going to Remember, you always say this week in, week out in terms of the youth of this Arsenal squad. This is just an extra experience. Head on the shoulder, a champion, a man who knows how to win. And it's going to be rubbing shoulders with these younger players. And the players are going to be looking up to him. And like you said, if there are penalties, maybe one or two of them will learn from him. Saka will learn from what his techniques are from a penalty position. So this is why I think it's not the worst case scenario. We've lost True. Nick. Um, I'm assuming his battery has died there. Load shedding has been getting all of us. Arjun saying the best signing is post-World Cup Rashford. Not a signing, I know. But come on, he's basically a new man. This is true. This is true. He needed Ronaldo <laughs> to move out of, out of the way so he can occupy the space. And he's doing quite well. I do think there are similarities between him and Ronaldo in terms of not necessarily playing for the team, but for individual accolades. That's the sense I get. But I could be speaking out of turn. Yeah, Wonga, I don't know if you agree with that. Sorry, can you repeat that, Claudio? Is in terms of? I'm saying from a Rashford perspective. Yes. Um, do you think right now he's got a point to prove? For personal reasons, not necessarily just for oh. team reasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think um, he's, he got a lot of stick. I mean, he, he definitely tipped in form and he got a lot of stick for it, you know. Um, I think I think from his position, I mean, maybe the rest of people around him are like, you know, like, yeah, don't worry, you know, it's going to come. But I think in terms of if he's looking at um, um, like social media, he's probably received a lot of abuse, you know, a lot, a lot of it. And big ups to him for not, I mean, it's, it's a tough a tough environment. You know, some people will say, oh, they're going to go depressed and all that. And big ups to him, what he's literally fought against that. And I think every effort he's putting out there is like pulling a middle finger to everyone else out there who said he's finished, he's done for, he must leave. You know, he's literally putting a middle finger to everyone out there with all those performances. And you can see that, the way he's scoring those goals. Um, running one, taking on everyone and going, like the one he scored against, uh, was it Nottingham in that first leg? Just flipping... Everyone out the way, Fufu put him oh, in the man. back of the net. Yeah, you can see the way yeah. he's celebrating. He's, he, if he could, he would just be like this to everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of you, all of you <laughs> said this. Every time he scores, he would do that. I'm telling you. So I definitely think he's not kicking to the crowd as well. But yeah, he's doing yeah. business right now. We're going to go to a deal that won't work. Wonga Dengue, you're saying Joan Felix at Chelsea won't work. I mean, obviously, it has been a rocky start. He's come in. He had a massive, massive performance for the before the red card. He was doing really well. He was that outlet that they've been struggling to have up front. No, true. But look at the amount of money they spent on that guy. I mean, for me, it doesn't... Oh, like, gee whiz. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't... Uh, for me, I just feel that... Um, I don't think they're going to get uh, a return on that. Chelsea have got... I don't know what it is, Claudio. It's just that the, the way they're signing players for me is it looks. I mean, yes, you can say they, what did you say? Uh, they they building Sorry, a squad, guys, uh, building squad depth. But just I mean, you got you still got Ryan Sterling. How is that going to work? How is that going to work? You got Ryan Sterling. You've got uh, you've got Mudrik as well now. Um, it's a good thing they've actually. Oh, they tried to take away. Uh, they tried to move away Ziyech. Now, Ziyech, Oh goodness me! Like I can't see how this is going to like in terms of now. Team morale, like, like, where do you fit? I, I don't even fit. There's how many cups are in Chelsea? Uh, Chelsea are in the season now. Um, they're not. In, they're not in the obviously the the Carabao. The out. I think they're still in the FA Cup. They um, in the. I think they're still in the Champions League, right? But these, you, you know, there's always there's always a you know with these managers there's a, there's, a, there's a there's a squad that these guys play with, and I mean, Shane poor Potter yeah, has got to deal with all these guys. Um, <laughs> game time for everyone is not going to be promised. Uh, Potter needs results now, and he's going to. And he, when he finds something that works, you're going to you're going to eat bench. <laughs> I, I, so I think personally. Um, so I think it's going to be very difficult to please this uh, this man and everyone else that's um, sitting there on the bench waiting to play on the wing. Aubameyang still there. Oh goodness me, what the heck? How how yeah. how are you going to deal with all of this? 
Um, I think it's a mess. If I'm Graham Potter, if I'm Graham Potter, I'm I'm sitting with a headache and I'm gonna have go to bed with aspirins next to my cubby there because it's gonna be a tricky one for him managing all of this. And <laughs> this kid, the massive talent, but he's yeah. learned a lot of the wrong things in the the Portuguese superstars. He's got a bit of a Cancelo and a Ronaldo in him. Where if he's not playing, I do think he's gonna kick the fuss. But at the same time, play him. Like if he gets a run and obviously no red cards, I think to your point in terms of the fee paid for him. For a loan fee is a bit ridiculous and it's just a waste of money in terms of where Chelsea is spending for the sake of spending. Is it the case mm. of he performs really well and they bring him back at the end of the season? That's going to be a, another sort of question up for debate considering the fact that if Atletico get rid of Diego with Simeone, there's no ways they're releasing this guy. They're going to definitely hold on to him because they're going to try and find someone to get yeah. the best out of him. He is a massive talent, but right now, who is Chelsea's best 11? What do they do and how do they play moving forward? That's going to be a tricky thing. And I do think Graham Potter's looking at this Chelsea squad not as a we are a, a squad ready to challenge or we are a challenging team for the titles. We are a team under progression and there's time for me to develop these players. And I think that's going to be a hard pull for the Chelsea fans to swallow. Nick, one, one line there in terms of what your opinions are, whether or not this deal will work. Joan Felix at Chelsea. I I was a little bit disappointed that he got a red card, so we haven't been able to see much of him. But I do think I, I, I just I think I'm still in. A, I'm scratching my head, thinking exactly what you've just asked, Claudio. I, I don't know what their best eleven is. I don't know where all these players fit in. I can only imagine <laughs> that it's a good headache to have for Potter because he does have the abundance of players at his disposal. Will Felix yeah. work for a Chelsea in this position? Has he been in a position to 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 fight to get out of the the the, the middle half of a table? I'm not too sure. Um, I don't know. It was a, it's just a strange move. Uh, 11, 12 million pounds somewhere around there to to come on. But loan. also, Nick, like, as, as a manager now, from your perspective, I mean, you've been given this play on loan. You've spent all this money on these other players. And if you have the other players fit and you're building for the next season, hypothetically yeah. speaking, do you play this guy knowing he's going to leave and there's no guarantees coming back to the club? I no, think the question, with, the question you actually have to ask to yourself is what, what has Potter been told? What does he have to do? What is his boss mm. telling him to do? So I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes there. Um, and you've got this, this new owner who doesn't know football, um, possibly in the background, instructing him to to make these uh, these calls and i can't imagine them spending 12 million on the player for six months and he doesn't play so yeah, i would like to true. think in an ideal world that that it was potter saying listen is felix available can we get him i want him because he's going to add value i think i think that would be in an ideal world for me that would be the great uh, the, the best situation and a great platform for him to to build the team around maybe he's got assurances that they'll buy him in the in the um, in the summer, which I don't think will happen because apparently they renewed his contract for another two years or something stupid. Uh, yeah, they've done that. They want to uh, keep him at Atletico Madrid. They're just trying to let Diego Simeone make his way out to the club. I mean, when we're looking at the thing is, 11, Claudio, 11 million Claudio, pounds, possible, 11 million pounds spent. Everything, anything's yeah, possible anything. with Chelsea. They can go and put 200 million down for Felix if they want to. At this, like, <laughs> it fair. looks like they've got endless money. Right, and I suppose... I think they're just driving the price up. Yeah. yeah, maybe, possibly. I mean, that was the intention, whether or not, you know, if uh, Simeone stays and they've got a potentially bargaining chip here. But it is officially £1.7 million a game until the end of the season that they're paying for this guy, whether or not he's playing with 17 games left. Um, we're going to go, which club had the best January? Now, gentlemen, hold on to your seats here because you're going to like my answer. And everyone watching, <laughs> tell me if you agree with this. All right, I think Arjun's going to agree with this, and Aman's going to agree with this. Let's see. I'm going to just go there. Boom! Club of the best January, ladies and gentlemen. Brentford for <laughs> signing David Beckham's Romeo there. I think the publicity this, this um, club has gotten from this is massive. I just want to see whether or not this kid makes it. I know, Nick, you love talking about Brentford and how they run their club with regards to their second team. Well, the kid's in there. Yeah. He's made his way from into Miami. And he's good enough to be in the second side. Will we see him make a Premier League appearance? He played a couple of MLS games. Um, and then he also played for their B team. Um, he's, he's still a young boy. So I do think it's an interesting one. Um, you know, I, I would hope to think that it's not 
Beckham's influence um, himself, David. So it would be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if he could possibly get a run with the first team in the in the next couple of couple of weeks leading leading towards the end of the season. So yeah, I don't know. Um, you'll just have to see. You know, they've got a good system in place. They've got good coaching, good coaching principles. They they're very streamlined and trimmed down club in terms of how they operate. Um, I think we did speak about the academy setup being scrapped. I don't know if that's been brought in recently again. Um, but they do run that European model where they have a B team and they don't actually play in a league. So they go around. He'll get a lot of experience playing against European under-21 teams um, around the around the, the the European sort of area. Um, so, yeah, it will, it, it's an exciting one, I think, also for the publicity side of things. It's a great marketing tool. You're going to have David Beckham there every odd weekend watching Brentford play. Um, in the hope that and Walker Dinga, we know we know he's an Arsenal fan as well. So let's see if he does well enough, and Brentford can cash in, and he goes to Arsenal. Let's see how what happens there. Um, <laughs> but Nick, you saying, and I mean, how's you saying anyone but Chelsea at this minute? You've come and you've said they've had the best January, despite everything that you've mentioned prior to this. I just think, as a coach, just from a coaching perspective, if I have the abundance of talent that I have in that change room True. right now, and I'm a capable manager. I'll be able to get the best out of that squad and challenge for whatever I need to challenge for. So what I will say is Potter doesn't really have an excuse now. Um, he needs to get it right or he's gone. I think that's the reality. But Nick, I mean, that, that's all good and well saying what you just said. I've got great players. I can make it work. But do you not think a Sean Dyche, and I think one of the comments there is saying Sean Dyche, most underrated signing of the season, is Sean Dyche working with it, what he has makes his life a lot easier than working with things you're not sure. Because if you've got the abundance of players that you have and you say, okay, cool, I'm going to pick the side I think is the best. I put them out there. They don't get the results. What do you start doing? You don't stick with them because you know you've got option A, B, yeah. C, D on the bench. So you start tinkering. Yeah. So do you give the yeah. team enough time to gel and stick together and stick to yeah. the game plan? And, and also, and if you don't have that conviction, yeah. do you not start doubting yourself maybe as well? And, you know, and going, I'm going to stick with this player. That's the one thing that he doesn't have. He doesn't have time. So... I think that's the unfortunate part of his situation right now because he can't necessarily just say, you know, I'm going to work with this group of players for six weeks and get them ready for the season starting in August. He doesn't have that luxury. So he will still have a lot of football to be played, um, Champions League, um, the FA Cup. So he's got opportunities to to tinker with the squad. Um, but I, I just feel that there's enough there for them to turn it around. Um, and, you know, unfortunately in football, if you don't, you turn to the manager and you'll find they'll eventually, yeah. like the Roman, Roman Abramovich approach, they buy all the players, the coach doesn't work out, he loses a couple of games, they find someone who eventually does and then they win the Champions League and finish out of the top four. Like, it's that type of club. Um, so... I just think that if you have to look at it pure, purely on the ability of what they've bought, I think they would have had the best side, uh, best uh, transfer window. But I mean, if you look at it, all the other clubs in the Premier League, no one really, no one really went out their way to to challenge Chelsea, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do think, uh, do you think when you're looking at it, Wonga, that I mean, when you consider, I'm just considering the fact when they played the Liverpool game, Liverpool. Weren't great. We aren't great at the minute, but we still struggle to, to, to get a result against this developing Chelsea side. And it's a testament to the fact that he does have talented players to call upon. Wonga, before we move on to your, your sort of suggestion or your opinion, what do you think about this? Ah, look, I mean, if, if in terms of what Nick's, I can't, I can't uh, fault what Nick is saying. Um, uh, in terms of, I mean, look, I mean, if you look at Chelsea signings compared to everyone, you think, what the hell's happening there? Um, they they're trying to do something there, but um, yeah, if they sign a lot of players. It's you may, in my eyes, again, I see, like I say, what are they doing? Especially like with the Jafili situation as well, a lot of money spent on Mudrik. But yeah, if you got a whole team, as you're saying, I mean, he's got, they does have a lot of options if you look at it. Um, and I can't. And they that, still have uh, that perspective. Yeah. They still own yeah. Lukaku. That's yeah. So, and it's a, yeah, a player is a player. I mean, at the end of the day, um, and he's got to yeah, that's his job. He's got to put he's got to put them together. 
We've got to put the team together. A player is a player, and a tire is a tire. A flat one doesn't go. Remember that. Gentlemen, last one, Wonga Denga. Club with the best January. No surprises here, Nick. I mean, are you shocked by uh, this? this uh, <laughs> Wonga saying his own club had the best January. Yeah, look, I think um, I could have said many other clubs, um, but the reason I said Arsenal was um, I think um, even looking at what they've done, the previous transfer window, that's helped them with where they are now. Um, I think they've also put the same. I think they, they're, looking, they're looking for certain players and um, they, like a trust, I think that was their, their first intention. They, they knew that they wanted him as soon as that. I think before the, the, the window even opened, they got him. Casado probably as well. I think in their eyes, they probably failed because they, they would have loved to have a, a Casado there, but they don't have him. But even, even in that case, they did. I think Jorginho wasn't, it wasn't like a rush, you know. It was a backup. Like, okay, if you don't get him, we're going to get him. Um, and I think um, I, I think in that sense, I think Austin has done. They've covered their spots, I think, as well, um, where we did need to uh, back up. Up front... Again, it's the only place where I'm a bit um, worried if, let's say now... What do you um, mean, you got the new Terry Henry playing for you guys, apparently. Isn't Nketiah going to go do the thing now? He's just, he's reached high levels. He's worth 120 million no, 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 pounds, say, apparently. No, no, I say if they, if, they, if, they, if, they, if, they, if they kick him, if, they, if he gets injured, what, what's going to happen now? If Nketiah's injured, then who's going to be scoring our goals? They'll, they'll probably try and put a Martinelli uh, down the middle. Up then front. what if he gets injured? Yeah, because, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, they'll definitely do that. But then what if he gets injured? And it's very possible looking at a um, like a team like uh, 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 Chelsea, um, looking at a team like Liverpool. Um, it's very possible. It's very, very possible. So, But I think, I think I mean, if I'm looking at that, there's no panic in the spending as well. There's no like, oh, we need this, we need this, you know. Um, and uh, that's what I've seen. Chelsea's one. He's just flipping. Grabbing anything, yes, but um, and so I think I think it's it, it is a there was there was a method to this. They saw what they wanted, very relaxed, and that's why I think Arsenal had a, a had a good window. And I think I we I saw this in uh, teams like Man United, and um, and obviously in a Man City as well. Leicester, I mean Liverpool. I, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Who knows know what they're doing? Do. No one knows what they're doing. One day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's an interesting time in Liverpool. We're not going to talk about them. I think that's a good shot. I mean, Arsenal, fantastic. They they got squad players. They needed to get squad players. I mean, it's going to be interesting. It is because they, they've got this title push coming. It's going to be interesting to see how they build on end of the window. They try to capitalize where the club is at its highest, and they've done that. They brought in three names. They needed spots filled, and they've filled the seats. Nick, before we give our final thoughts, anything you want to say about Wonga's uh, opinion here with regards to Arsenal being the best club with the January signings? I think it's been shrewd, a shrewd um, market for them. I do think they probably got their second choice in terms of midfielder. Um, they wanted the Brighton kid, Casado. Um, so I don't think he'll be too happy about that, but probably... Um, content with who he's got at the moment. Um, yeah. I did think they were short in that midfield if, if something had to happen. They've got a good... Uh, they, the, the Polish boy... Uh, uh, is it Kivio? Um, how do I, I say the name? Guys. Jakub Kivio. I don't know if it's a, how you pronounce it. It's a w, but it's Kivio. Decent, decent player. So they've got the cover at the back. They've got a good goalkeeper. Probably the cover in the midfield, although I'm not convinced with Jorginho. I would say probably <laughs> going all out for another striker would have been a great option for you. Um, but you can't you can't get them all. So it's going to be yeah. interesting. I still say that City game at the Emirates in a couple of weeks' time is going to define the season. You can't afford to lose it. that. They must bring it. <laughs> Right, Jensen, on that note, we've got an excited, excited Arsenal. We've got an excited sort of Newcastle fan. Jens, final thoughts before we head out. No, look, I think um, just in terms of transfer window, um, sure, like, I, just from what I get, I just, the, I think, I mean, these prices, you think they couldn't get any ridiculous, but I think, yeah, I think players, I mean, 
in the future, I think we're going to be looking at 80 million as, you know, I mean, standard. If a player's got talent about, they're going to just pop up, up to 80 million. I think the prices are going to be, they're going to just get even more and more ridiculous uh, from now. And I don't think, yeah, the price will have, I mean, the player's quality will probably have, won't have much um, to say about, I mean, their high prices um, from what I'm seeing at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a crazy way to, to I don't know. We'll I think we'll have this discussion another time. But eventually, mm. surely this whole model is going to crash. Just in yeah, football, like it's just incredible how much money is being spent. Um, you know, there's cost of, there's cost of living crises all around the world, but players are still getting bought for 120 million euros pounds. It's it's unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, it is the, the the most watched sport in the world. So they're probably generating enough money from that. So, yeah, it's interesting. But I think just my final thought, um, if anyone who is watching has any idea, I'm trying every avenue to get me to Wembley in terms of a ticket. Please hit me up, guys. So if you have any connections, DM me. I'm there on Instagram. I'm there on Twitter. Um, Nick, I think you're yeah, just going to have to contact us, the dudes from BBC, man. Just contact the guys from BBC and tell them, hey, you need to make your way. About it today. You're representing. Yeah, you must do it. You must tell them. You're yeah. representing goal lines. You're going to cover footage for them on that side. You don't even have to mention the goal lines part. Just go. You're going to cover footage that side yeah. and uh, get that ticket. Come on, man. We want to see you there. Do you think do you think BBC will have that allocation? Yeah, of course they will. Sure they What's will. What's wrong with you? Yeah. 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 Just message me. I'll send that guy. He actually, Jordy. I'm pretty sure he's going. Follow me on Twitter. Let me just send him a message. Yeah. Now I'm going to send him a message. I'm going to send it to him right now. <laughs> and I, have what to, you I do have to be there. I have to make is if, if he replies to you, we just put on the show. We say, hey, look, this is the conversation. This is how Nick made his way to Wembley. And then we can send Wonga, uh, Wonga with the camera crew and we can document the experience. Say, hey, Wonga. 100%. That works out. Now. Yeah, I did. <laughs> All right, gents, uh, thank you for joining us this evening. For everyone who watched, we want to say thank you. We love you. If you haven't done the right thing yet, which is what, guys? What is the right thing? Come on, subscribe, you know. Um, How do we end the show? Three, two, one, let's hear it. Stop Stop it. it. There you go, stop it.